0: Hey. Okay, it's a pleasure to be here. I realized um, I made a strategic error last year when Rabbi Foxbunner asked to do a three-part series. So I said, okay, and I did a three-part series, not realizing that he'd ask me again this year, and I used all of the material last year, because it was three. I should have just spaced it, done one a year, so... It should be. There should be five or six minutes, and we'll be we'll be good to go. People, you, that's all our attention spans are. At the end, you know, at night, anyways. Uh, the, in terms of the origin of the topic, so the the the, the wording of the title might not be so accurate because. Uh, Rabbi Foxbrenner, when he asked me to do this, he uh, did, he, met, you know, he said, okay, what's the topic? He suggested the topic. I, it was fine. We were thinking about it. He goes, well, tell me, what do you see most? Like, if you were going to have to pick something in marriage that you think gets in the way of in the marriage, I, so I immediately said, okay, absolutely. I said, the thing that I see the most that I think causes the biggest problems is insecurity or defensiveness. Meaning that for whatever reason, um, most of us, I can include myself. Right? It is, we, It's almost intolerable when our spouse is upset with us. We we cannot handle our spouse being upset. It's just intolerable. Every facet of her being, every instinct is trying to defend, is trying to debunk and find why whatever has just been said is not accurate. And you know, if if you could take one thing out of tonight you can actually leave now and if you just actually anytime you are feeling a need to defend yourself just don't <laughs> I hope that was helpful um, but it's, it, it, it is a, it's a powerful thing because it doesn't seem to ever lead to something productive and it, what's interesting about that you know that defensiveness and insecurity um, is is most of the time it's really unnecessary, because uh, you know just to, to, you know to start you guys know I'll share things about my own marriage and my wife is here, so I, that means I get into more or less trouble. But um, that that in just in terms of the why it's unnecessary because I'm going to make a statement. Most of the time, oh, so in terms of the title, it's not when our spouse is unhappy, right? <laughs> That's too overwhelming. It's <laughs> when they're upset or unhappy with us in the moment might be more accurate for what we're going to do, but, but which is really what we're talking about. And what we are not talking about tonight are the things that the ingredients and the very important things, foundations, that couples can do to build their relationship, to build intimacy, to build closeness, to build communication, spending time. We talked about the five love languages last year, and that there is so much to talk about and so much essential ingredients, and it was too important for me to have as a topic. So next week, Rabbi Feldman is going to address all of those things um, because that's his topic um, about, I'm assuming, in those areas. But when I, I when we talk about defensives. One of the reasons why it's unnecessary, I'm going to make a statement, I hope you don't take it the wrong way, but generally speaking, when one's spouse is upset with them, I'm going to say that the majority of the time, I can't tell you a statistic, it's just that they're temporarily insane. Oh, boy. Okay? <laughs> right, so let's see who says true. What do I mean by temporarily insane? I'm gonna tell you what I mean by temporarily insane. So this story happened, for me this is recently. Recently could be in the last 10 years. But this story, it, it, what I mean by temporarily insane, so I, you know, in my marriage, I was a student. We got married. I would do a lot of the grocery shopping. That's how I'd contribute, you know. My wife would occasionally go to the store. She'll be willing to go. One time, uh, she says to me, I remember exactly where I'm sitting. She goes, Aaron, I'm, I'm going to Kroger. You need anything? Now, I eat, this, I, eat, I eat the same yogurt every morning for breakfast. That's important for all of you to know, right? But the same yogurt, and I didn't have any more yogurts. I've been trying to get to the store. I didn't have time. I said, actually, yeah. Devari said, I ran out of my yogurts. Could you pick up a few of my yogurts? So she says to me, sure. Now, Let's understand, I know already, been married long enough, that my wife can, is very creative and sometimes she can be forgetful. It has nothing to do with me, right? Okay, 25 minutes later, she walks in the door and I say, hey, did you get my yogurt? She goes, oh my gosh, I forgot. Now let me ask you, how do you think at that moment I felt? Anybody? I'm uncared for. Uncared for. Anybody else? Never that's not how I felt. <laughs> step out for a few minutes. Right. Good. Uncared for. Unimportant. Right? Uncared for. Unimportant. Now, I can't tell you I don't have prophecy. I applied. I have not heard back. I don't know if I would have said anything. But in those moments... Now, let me ask you a question. I felt unimportant. Now, I know most of you, except for maybe one or two of you, don't, you don't know anything about my marriage, but I'm just going to ask you to make an assumption. Let me ask you, do you think that I'm unimportant to my wife? No. No. Okay, that's a good answer. Right, no. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're calling me insane. <laughs> that's how you respond. Well, it's right. right. But that's what you just said. I, in other words, when I asked you, how do you think I felt uncared for? When I asked you, are unimportant. When I ask people here, do you, how do you do you think I'm unimportant to my wife? You said no. So that means I'm insane, doesn't it? Disconnect from reality. So we might say understandably insane, meaning understandably the feeling in that moment It's understandable that at that moment, I felt uncared for or unimportant. But it's insanity, even though it's understandable. So now, at that moment, what we're going to talk about tonight, at that moment, when you, if you're, you're in that situation and your spouse responds to you at that moment you can either make that insanity go poof and just drift away like smoke or you can reinforce it and then it actually the person thinks it's real now both my wife and I, we get it wrong and we get it right Okay, so I'm going to share five examples where my wife got it wrong terribly <laughs> Okay, in this instant she got it right meaning that At that moment, I cannot tell you if I would have said anything. All I could tell is I probably, you know, remember the feeling probably I was sitting, I know where I was sitting and I probably went like, you know, my shoulders slouched. And then before I had a chance to say anything, I don't know if I would have. She goes, oh my gosh, Aaron, you know you're important to me, don't you? And then she says, oh, that's got to be so frustrating. I'm so sorry. And then she goes, you know reminding me who I'm married to, sometimes I can be in the middle of cooking something and I can go to the store for one ingredient and I can come home without it, okay? And then she, she comes over, she just like taps me on the shoulder, she goes, thanks for being married to me anyways and walks upstairs. Now let me ask you a question. How do you think I felt at that moment? Temporary insanity gone, dissipated, right? Not there. I still didn't have my yogurts, right? But at that moment, It dissipated. Now, let's think about how that could have gone differently. My wife looking at my face and seeing my disappointment, that feeling of being unimportant come over, and she could have gotten preemptively defensive and said, oh my gosh, you know I'm forgetful. And then it would have been a double whammy. Not only would I have felt unimportant, but now not only unimportant, but she's getting mad at me for actually having a feeling. And that is what's critical. At that moment, right when the way we respond, defensiveness versus something else, which we'll talk about, actually makes a significant difference and is is really critical in terms of how you handle when your spouse is upset. It's interesting. And just think about it. If I were to ask you, when, you know, when your spouse is upset with you, you know, or if I were to ask your spouse, OK, when you, when you get upset with your spouse, what's, what usually comes right out of your husband or wife's mouth? Right? And you don't have to answer. <laughs> right? But in other words, that very often what comes out is, no, what do you mean? You misunderstood. Explaining the situation, defending, outrage, moral, right? So not a focus on the other person's feelings. So this is something I very often ask Typically husbands, but I'll ask wives when I have couples in therapy. So inevitably, you know, somebody will get defensive, and I'll say, "Can I ask you a question?" Let's say you and your husband were taking a walk, or you and your wife were taking a walk, and you know, one of you gets a business call, so the other one of you, fifty feet ahead, you know, I'll I'll say the husbands. The husband's nowhere near the wife, right? And as he's finishing his call, he goes to catch up his wife. She trips, she falls, she really hurts herself. And I ask the husband, "I am assuming." Right, that if she tripped and she felt and she was really in pain, that you would go running over and all your focus would be on concern for her well-being to make sure she's okay. Correct? And you know, they say, of course. All right. I go, unless say you went over, you said, are you okay? And you put your hand on her knee, and she goes, oh, I'm not there. Are you going to get all upset? What do you mean? I'm just trying to help you. to say, where, where? All you're going to focus is trying to support her and make sure she's okay. They say, of course. Most couples, I think that that would be the response, right? And then. I'll say to them, would it dawn on you to go running up to your wife and say, I didn't push you? They look at me and they go, no, of course not. I go, so how come every time your wife is hurt, the first words out of your mouth are, I didn't push you? You could apply that the other way, too. Think about it. Now, some people will venture, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, Aaron. That's not the same situation because in the situation you described, nobody's saying that you pushed me. That's true. But here's the thing. But most of the time, in most arguments, in most hurts, in marriage, the person isn't trying to prosecute you, even if it feels like it. Isn't trying to prove you're a bad person is that in their minds, I tell husbands this, but you can switch it to wives, is that that your wife knows that if they were ever in pain, if they were ever hurt, if they ever needed you, all you would be is concerned for their well-being and make sure they're okay. So when they're upset with you in their minds, what they're saying is, I just fell, I'm hurt, and they're wondering how come you don't seem concerned for their feelings, for their well-being, and that why are you defending yourself? It's the same thing. And the biggest freedom, or the freedom is probably the wrong word, but the biggest freedom in marriage is to internalize this idea, is to get past the idea that whenever your spouse is upset with you, you are not in any danger at all. All it is is an opportunity to make him or her feel like she matters. That's it. That is it. That is the only thing. And so the question then becomes, well, how do we do that? Right, many ways not to do it, but how do we do it? And I just we really want to just focus simply. First of all, it is extremely hard. So I'm going to follow up with another story, right, to illustrate why this is so hard and how hard it is. And it personally, it's actually hard for me um, because just to give a per, you know personal example of that need and desire to defend themselves. So I'm going to illustrate this story. This is a story that took place, again, within the last four or five years. Um, our youngest was playing in the JCC Soccer League. And, you know, right now, so she's our youngest. So now our Sundays um, are not like they used to be when all our kids were little. Neither one of us would think of doing anything independent of the other before we divided and conquered, figure out which kid needed to be taking care of, what are we doing to get with this so on and so forth. But now, for the most part, um, you know, our Sundays are, you know, Rosie's raising herself, and we, you know, we're, 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 doing, we, we have independent, we, you know, there's less of a need to be considerate of the other person in terms of making the schedule, which is really the truth, right? So in this case, um, you know, I have my routine. I will, you know, very often stock up at the Sam's Club, see a lot of people here, there on Sundays. I'm saying, you know, and do that, stuff like that. And that particular Sunday, I did some stuff at home that I was wanting to finish. And then I went out and did my errands, and Rosie had a soccer game at the JCC, so I was out, and instead of going in one car, we met at the JCC for Rosie's soccer game. So we were there. Now, the JCC is closer to my office and where my practice is in Marietta than my home. And thank God I've been fortunate that my practice is busy. And over the years, I have had clients who have moved on and, and finished therapy. And if I don't find some extra time to close some files, I'm going to be there until like I'm 160. So I, I always have to find some time. So I was kind of thinking out loud at the end of the soccer game, kind of saying, you know, I said, I, I don't even know if Deborah heard me, I said, you know, There's a bunch of stuff on the middle of at home, but I think rather than going home, I think I'm just going to run over to my office for an hour, close some files, then come home and I won't get that stuff done that I was working on finished. Okay, fine. Now, when I go to my office on a Sunday, right, when I go there, I take a pile of files, I put them on my desk, and I start closing files. The moment I falter, the moment I start getting distracted, I just pick up and I go home. I'm not doing anything else. So I got on a really good run. Okay, I got was closing files and I got going, got busy, and it was about two hours. So I'm driving home, and I don't remember if I called Devorah. She called me. I, you know, I'm not. Could tell she was a little upset, but I came in the house. She was upstairs in the room doing some work. I walked in, and let me just tell you, she was mad at me. And this is really not typical. Usually, time that she's not, but she was mad. I mean, sure, she's totally in the wrong, but she was mad, right? And she says to me, and this was a quote. I don't understand, Aaron. You said it was going to be an hour. It was over two. What happened? Now let me ask you a question. Was that actually a question? (laughs) Because if anybody here thinks it's a question, we need to go back to some other basics. That is not a question. Don't ever answer that question. When you get that, it is not a question. Men have a more difficult time understanding that. We hear words, we put them together, and it sounds like a question, but it is not a question. You do not answer that question. It is a statement. Now, when she said, let me say it again. Aaron, I don't understand. You said it was going to be an hour. It was over two. What happened? Every fiber of my being, and I'm telling you this is honest, it's not even exaggeration, was protesting the outrage of this injustice. Inside, this was the dialogue. Are you serious? No, really. Are you serious? Are you got to be kidding me? I said, first of all, I I didn't say Inside. You didn't even know if you heard me. I was did not even know you'd even acknowledge that I said it. Second of all, I had my cell phone with me. Third of all, I mean, what do you think I was doing there? Getting mean getting 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 a pedicure? I was closing files. You could have called. Two, this was the type of Sunday that if I were home, you wouldn't even notice I was home, anyways. And all, all of these things, on and on and on. And that's how I was feeling. This was a massive injustice, and it had no credibility whatsoever. What did I say?
1: Not
0: that. <laughs> well, on that particular day, you're right. This is what I said I said, Devora, you're right. I did say I was going to beat an hour. It was over two. I could tell you're upset. I'm really sorry it happened. Sincerity factor 2 to
1: 4%. And that's
0: being generous. And you know what happened? She said, Aaron, I don't understand. You said it was going to be an hour. It was over to what happened. Right. I know both of us should get our hearing checked. Right. (laughs) But that is exactly what she said again. And then the second time I said, are you? Nope. Not that. (laughs) I said, Devorah, you're right. I did say it was going to be an hour. It was over to I could tell you're upset. I'm really sorry that that happened. My sincerity probably went up to a 15, 20% max, probably less. She said the same exact thing a third time. And I mean literally, the same exact thing. Okay. After the third time, here's what started happening in my head. I said, what am I doing? I said, she is not interested in proving that I am a bad person. This bothered her. I don't know why it bothered her. Okay, but I'm a, I don't want it to bother her. I don't want her to be hurt. And I realized, well, why do, what do I need to explain myself for? And I said again, a third time, you're right. But my sincerity went up to about 75%. She said it a fourth time. She's persistent. <laughs> a fourth time, Aaron, you said, and the, by the fourth time, I I realized what am I? I'm crazy. Meaning, what am I doing? This upset her. I care about her. This bothered her. I'm really upset that this happened. I didn't want to upset her. I don't want her to be upset. She is not interested in proving that I am a criminal or, 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 or engaging in terrible behavior. No, this upset her. I really, it's totally out of character. I didn't understand. But it bothered her, and that's all that mattered. So the fourth time, I said the same thing. You're right. I said I was going to be an hour, it was over two, I can tell you're upset, I see you're frustrated, I'm so sorry that it happened. Sincerity was 100%. Now what's interesting is I guess she can tell. Because after the fourth time, she just visibly calmed down, and then she said, well, Aaron, could you explain to me what you were thinking? Now that was a question. And at that moment, you know what I said? You know, Devar, it doesn't really matter. Which when it came out of my mouth, I was shocked because just seven minutes ago, she'd given me an opportunity to explain myself. Let me tell you, I had the world's best defense ready to be released. I mean, anybody would have gotten off those charges. But at the moment, when she, I said, it really doesn't matter. And I said, I can tell you, I'm sorry. And that, you know, that, and that was it. The next day, when I, I remember I was leaving the house. She goes, Aaron, thank you very much for being so patient and listening. I go, no big deal. <laughs> it, was not, it was nothing. It was easy, right? Not easy. So what? That, I, I, I share that story because I think that I, I don't want to make anybody in here think that what we're talking about here is easy. I mean, it's not, let me, not easy for me. It may be easy for you. But, but it just seems like I see over and over again that the responses I have, maybe not as intense, but that, and what I see and what gets in the way of couples and what perpetuates arguments is when somebody's upset and the other person tries to explain, defend, it doesn't seem to ever work. And this might be stereotypical. But you can see if this resonates. So whenever you use stereotypes, you're in danger of offending somebody. But that here's a, a slight difference I see in the way men do it and the way women do it. But not always. But there's a very, very often a lot of overlap. For whatever reason, when men are in a position where their spouse is upset with them, they seem to get very technical and very specific about why what their wife is saying to them is based on, on misperception, is wrong, isn't really accurate, and so on and so forth. And they can get very technical in the details and Lost the Weeds and, you know, and so on and so forth and just kind of illustrate why it's really not logical right now what you're saying and so on and so forth. Whereas uh, the way a wife expresses her defensiveness is how could you be mad at this as if that if you're upset with this, it basically is an indication that you couldn't possibly appreciate anything else I do for you and for this family. And nothing else I do matters if you're getting upset at this. Which is really effective. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to tell you, right? But that is just—that's a difference. It's not always them, but I think that, that very often we can all do it this the same way. So, so let's go over some of them, some rules. So, how can you do? What are you aiming for when you're listening when your spouse is upset? Okay. So, one of the things to yes. question. How do you when you're responding that? How do you make that not be by yourself? How do you what? Have do you not make it mean anything by yeah, yourself?
2: I don't kind of feel like getting beat up in a
0: way, no. Oh, for sure. And it's terrible, and it's just wrong, and it's baseless, and it should never happen. And we never deserve it. That's not what you said, <laughs> right? It is very hard. I mean, that's actually something. It's a very, very important question. Um, you know, in other words, that is what makes it hard. It's because we're not here to talk about. We're here to talk about what you do when your spouse is upset. But it would be interesting to have a talk about what, what to do when you're upset. Right? How to express it? What are effective ways to speak to your spouse? Because metaphorically, when, for whatever reason, not metaphorically, but when, what I see in couples that we think that if, you know, for whatever reason, that if we're upset with our spouse, if we can just point out to them exactly what they're doing wrong, how often they do it. The fact that they do it all the time, and the fact that it comes from a problem their personality—that's probably because of their mother, right? <laughs> that they're going to say, you know what? Thank you so much for pointing out. That's actually a very deep and interesting insight. <laughs> no, that never happens. They never appreciate that insight ever, right? So you are right. If we are, if you know, if we are, if we're going to talk about ways to get upset, the best ways to be upset, right, without breaking things, right, are to actually stay focused on the present focus on how you are feeling and describe the incident that happened. Nothing about the person's character. Nothing about history. Nothing about past. But the same reason we don't do that is the same reason we defend ourselves when our spouse is upset with us. Because that defensiveness, insecurity makes us feel that unless I can actually prove and demonstrate that I have a right to be upset and this is an egregious act that my spouse just did, then they won't take me seriously. Right, which actually makes it backfire because when we go to great ends to point out to our spouse how egregious what they did is for some reason they don't really like hearing that and they <coughs> want to take it down a notch. And that's why what I, what I find is, is that if you can learn how to not respond in a defensive manner very often if you respond to your spouse the moment that they're upset in a caring, open way even if you're faking. Faking doesn't mean you don't care. It just means you're not good at it yet, but you really do care, right? Faking doesn't mean you're trying to placate her. It means that when you, like this gentleman said, you know, when you feel like you're under attack, that sometimes it's hard to access that, that part of you that really does care for your spouse, and you're on the defensive, you're just trying to overcome it. But you really do care, it's not, it's not insincere, you're just not accessing it as well. But if you're going to express being upset with your spouse, right, you're better off not making it a global attack. But very often when you listen to your spouse and you say, I could tell you're really upset, I'm sorry, I'm feeling overwhelmed, could you slow down, I wanna hear what you're saying. What you'll actually notice is that, that they will automatically take it down a notch, because sometimes their assumption is that you're not going to listen, that you won't hear, because whatever the hurt is, is they're make they're, I, they don't you don't care about me, you don't care. How could you be so insensitive? How this right? So then, very often they think that in order to get your attention, they, they it has to be very serious. So that's that's something. But it, but you're asking when? How do you do that? And that's something. Sometimes it's actually saying it your spouse I know I want to listen I'm just feeling like I'm under attack can you take it down a notch I really do want to listen but the way you say it is going to difference because if you say you know could you take it down a notch seriously that's not going to work right it's you're important to me I know I want to listen right it's uh, you know if you it it, you know it's kind of we it's I think it's against Halakha to get a tattoo but when I'm meeting with non-Jewish clients, I tell them maybe I shouldn't get a tattoo on your arm that says if your spouse is upset you're not in danger. It's just an opportunity to make them feel like they matter. And then every time they're upset, just read it, right? None of them have gotten that
1: <laughs> yet. I
0: don't know. Makes me feel kind of ineffective. But um, so let, let's just let's let's go over some basic structure, okay? So here are the five secrets of communication of effective communication, okay? They, they're basically the. Uh, um, three components with the acronym of ear empathy assertiveness respect okay now empathy in empathy we're going to have this is the most important of the three the empathy is going to be the most important so the first step in empathy is number 1 is the disarming technique the disarming technique is find some truth in what the other person is saying even if it seems totally unreasonable or unfair Okay, now that could be very, very difficult. And sometimes we don't want to do that. Right? Thus, my insincerity when I said to my wife, You're right. I said it was going to be an hour and it was over two. Right? I did not want to say that. I didn't think it mattered, but that was the truth. Right, So you have to find some truth in what the other person is saying even seems totally unreasonable or unfair. And let's just understand what uh, empathy is. So let's, if, you know, if you, in other words, using empathy skillfully means changing your focus from your own thoughts and feelings to what the other person is saying. That takes a lot of practice. It's very hard when you are feeling attacked or you are feeling under the gun or you're feeling defensive. Right? So here's... What it wants, what you want to do, right? What you want, to, what you, what you seem to be saying. Tell me if I got this right. You just said that. That's just the thought empathy, right? Put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to see the rule through through his or her eyes. Okay. So be, let me let me see. Find that note. In other words, that this is from David Burns. He says that if you're if you if you for him this is his definition or how he knows he's using empathy correctly he says that if i i can understand what you are thinking so accurately that you will be able to say to me you got it right that's exactly what i'm thinking that's thought empathy the second one is i also understand how you are feeling inside so that you will be able to say yes that's exactly how i feel that's feeling empathy okay number 3 I convey my understanding and warmth and respect so you won't feel ashamed or put down when you're expressing your feelings. That's the respect where he and which he, he uses stroking. So that that's what empathy is. Empathy is the ability to put aside your own feelings and focus on what your spouse is experiencing in a way that you are trying to understand his or her own world without judgment, just understanding. And it's challenging. So, we talked about the disarming technique. Find some truth in what the other person is saying, even if it seems totally unreasonable or unfair. And I went to a training a few years ago in San Francisco with David Burns, and so he was demonstrating this. He asked for a volunteer. I got, went up there, and I was the therapist. And the, you know, the, basically, he ha- had the, the, the client say to me, you know, you know, I don't know why I come here. You haven't helped me a bit. This is a waste of time, and I think I'm wasting my money. This is totally ridiculous. And I said, maybe we could find another volunteer, right? But it is very hard to have empathy when you, somebody is coming at you with that level of intensity. I get it. And this is very, very hard. This is not an easy thing to do. You know, I can, I can joke about the successes, like in that situation with the soccer game and repeating it. But I don't want to minimize that I really inside was protesting. I did, you know, it was not easy. And afterwards, it almost seemed silly, because it was ridiculous, because it didn't matter an iota. What mattered is, it was an opportunity to make my wife feel like she mattered, that her feelings are important, and to understand where she was coming from, and that was it. Nothing else was at risk, but it didn't feel like it, right? Okay, so the empathy, put yourself in the other person's shoes, try to see the rule through his or her eyes. We said the thought empathy, feeling empathy, okay? so. Thought empathy are just really saying, it sounds like you're saying, or it seems to me you're saying three things um, that bothered you about this, and you're really just repeating the words back to them. And by the way, sometimes that can buy you some time. When your spouse says something and they're upset, so, in other words, and you're wanting to understand, you just say, okay, hold on one second, let me just make sure I'm following you, right? What you're saying to me is this, you're repeating the words they heard, you're not adding feeling, you're not telling them how they must be feeling, so on and so forth, period. Right? That's what you're doing. The feeling empathy is where you really either are hearing the emotion they're expressing or imagine what they might be feeling if they didn't say it or because if they are using the inappropriate ways of expressing anger and saying, you know, you're a big doofus. I don't know if other people say that, but you're a big doofus. That seems to apply. You no, I'm saying? But in other words, if you're getting called names. If you are being told you're being prosecuted, it can be much harder to identify what your spouse is feeling. That is very hard, but again, if you are able to look past the words and how the offense is being described and focus on how might my spouse be feeling if this is how they are perceiving or experiencing this, well then you will be able to get to the feeling empathy. Then number three in the empathy part is inquiry. Ask gentle, probing questions to learn more about what the other person is thinking and feeling. So, if it would be, you know, it's... Dabar, you're right. Disarming technique, right? Find the truth. I did say I was going to be an hour. It was over two, right? I I can see that you are not happy with that. You're upset with that. I imagine this part I didn't do, but, I, you know, I imagine you must have felt disrespected or you felt, you know, overlooked. I'm not sure, but I can tell you're upset. Am, am I hearing you right? Is there something else you want to tell me about that? Was there something I'm missing? Am I, or just, am I getting it right? Sometimes when you say the angry, looks like you're upset. Am I getting it right? <laughs> yeah. What, are you an idiot? Of course you're getting it right. Okay, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Okay, but it says, right? Yes?
1: What about the, the I'm sorry part? That, and I usually the, the next the first reaction somebody attacking, or somebody, always I do, I say, like, I'm sorry that I, I hurt you, but I don't necessarily understand where all this is coming from. I'm, it feels, sometimes you feel like
0: it's coming out of
1: the blue when the person is attacking you, and you're like, right. well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> for sure. No, Of
0: course you didn't see it coming. There's not, I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm sorry, right? It, and you generally are, right? And that's, a not, that's no different than starting with, you know, a, 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 an apology. It's not an apology <laughs> until you actually understand what your spouse is experiencing. So I'm sorry you're upset, right, could mean one of two things. I genuinely care about you, right, and I can tell that something is bothering you and that disturbs me and I'm so sorry that I could have been involved in that in any way, right, and I want to understand more. Or it could mean it's actually, I'm really sorry you're upset because I didn't see it coming and it's really inconvenient for me right now so this whole situation is unfortunate. (laughs) You really want to go with the first, <laughs> generally speaking. Okay. Now, when you do express your own feelings, you want to use the, the assertiveness is I feel statements, which is also very hard as well. You express your own ideas and feelings in a direct, tactful m- manner using I feel statements, as I feel upset, rather than you statements, rather you're wrong, you're making me furious. You know, you always do this. You never write, All of those things. You know, I. F- And that's sometimes when you are trying to listen to your spouse. It is okay to say, I am feeling overwhelmed, right? You're important to me, but I am feeling overwhelmed. Or I'm feeling like I'm being attacked, or I'm feeling sensitive. I want to hear you, but can you slow down? Instead of saying, look, you know, you're attacking me, right? You're prosecuting me instead of putting your finger in the other person's chest, metaphorically, and saying you are doing X, Y, or Z. So sometimes the I state, you know, assertiveness, the statement, the, the I statements can help you take it down and give yourself some room to breathe, so you can hear. And then the the, the yes. I just
2: want to point out that
0: I feel, not I feel that, because that takes it in a whole. Couple. Right. Well, say what you say. I feel. You know, I uh, it's I feel is describing how you feel. Right, like I feel that you're being a doofus. I'm sorry, no, that's a, right? I feel like you're acting very inappropriately right now. No, that's just saying the same thing. It's, I, I, you know, I'm feeling uncomfortable in the moment. Can you give me a minute? Right? Did you, somebody here? No? Question, okay. Um, Now, this is is another hard part of all of this, which is the, the, the stroking, which is, that's the respect for the ear, right? Empathy, assertiveness, respect. Respect is stroking. Convey an attitude of respect, even if you feel frustrated or angry with the other person. Find something genuinely positive to say to the other person, even in the heat of the battle, right? Which means that it's gotta be sincere, you know, it's not, you're not placating, but on the other hand, you are, when, you're, when you're upset and you're, your spouse is upset with you, it's, it's, you can say something to them, I know that you're upset and you're this, and you know, you, I just want you to know, I know that I screwed up here, I know you're upset with me, I may not understand, but you are very important to me. Yes?
1: Could it be the case that in some instances, uh, let's say there's a pattern of behavior, and let's say the husband does it, and the wife recognizes it, and the husband recognizes, it. And I, I recognize that you're feeling upset. Blah blah blah. You know, at a certain point, that might not matter because it's like you've been repeatedly do the you know stop doing that behavior and change. So, in other words, in other words, there's there's a if it's a one off kind of thing, this kind of covers, and I'm not trying to take you away from your point here. No, but you I'm, could. I'm just asking, like. Uh, sometimes that conversation isn't going to go that way just because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you, but, you know, it's, it's not helping. You know, this is something you need to fix. Okay. That, it, I'm just asking, that's a legitimate, like, that's a different... He's asking, you. How, do you, how do you respond when, when, when you have a, you're doing a repeated offense? It, when you have a
0: repeat, I, I mean, I, Maybe it'd be better to fix it.
1: Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. In other words, this whole conversation is, is, is around... Right, but
0: you're not actually asking a question, it, though.
1: It, it, I'm, I'm asking, would you agree that this yes. conversation is around that kind of situation as opposed to the kind I'm describing, which would require maybe a different take?
0: Well, the answer is no, okay. is that situation also requires the empathic listening and, and effective communication, it may require more, Additional right, program. meaning I could tell you're upset, you know, you're right, you've been asking me to fix this or to do something about this for weeks now, and it seems like I'm not putting any effort into that, I can't imagine how maddening and frustrating that is for you. Okay.
1: Doesn't that sound like placating? Well, we, we, that's part of it. That's part of what do you mean? It,
0: it, it, does, I mean, it I mean, does if you're not sincere. <laughs> it, well, in other words, it could. There are times, by the way, when your spouse is upset, no matter what you say, it's not going to work. Right? Okay, let's, let, let, let's understand. Here's another component <coughs> of dealing with your spouse when he or she is upset. Okay? So... Can I use you as an example, so if if it's okay, I'm gonna take your finger and I'm I'm gonna step on it as hard as I can, okay, and by accident. I mean, it won't be intentional, right? And I assume that you're gonna be in a lot of pain. And then immediately afterwards, I'm going to apologize in the most effective, meaningful, (laughs) sensitive, caring way, right, and yet I don't necessarily assume that after, I apologize, but that you probably are going to respond to me and say, no, it's no big deal, it's fine, don't worry about it. (laughs) Right? Probably not, because he's going to be in pain. And I might be doing everything okay, perfectly, responding to it with all sincerity, with all meaningful intent, not a shred of placating, but genuinely, I mean, I guess the part where I actually told him I was going to do it. (laughs) But in this case, right, I am apologizing. So sometimes that, that... as in as, when our spouses, that when they're upset, and we respond in an empathic, caring way, and then they don't immediately turn around and say, okay, good, that's great, thank you, we're fine. We get upset. I, this goes back, I mean, I didn't think I was gonna use this story, but I just, I do remember one time, one time in my marriage where my wife was upset with me, um, and a lot of years ago, I have no idea what, could have been anything, probably was not justified. But it, I'm sure it was. But I just I remember that, for whatever reason, I responded in a caring, effective manner. And I thought I did everything I was supposed to when your spouse is upset with you. And then I got annoyed with her because she seemed not to be responding to me in the way that I wanted her to. And so she could tell what i upset. She goes, Aaron, just in a little bit of an annoyed voice, Aaron, just listen to me for a second, okay? Are you listening? That's how I know she's going to say something very pointed. Are you listening? She said, I just want you to know, when I was upset with you, you responded to me exactly the way I would have wanted you to. You said and did everything that I could have wanted you to do. Okay, do you hear me? I go, yes. She goes, is it okay if it still hurts a little and I take a few minutes? Oh yeah, no big deal, that's fine. <laughs> right, meaning sometimes when your spouse is upset and you respond in a caring, meaningful way, you won't see the impact it's having at that moment. And developing the patience and the tolerance to understand. Each of us are very different in how we respond to our feelings for her, to being upset. Some of us can move on like, you know, need two minutes and then another people did it, no, it takes a little while for them to recover and the recognition that you are still okay and that you may have acted and responded to your husband and wife in a caring meaningful way but they still need some time to get their breath back I mean I use the example if you punch somebody in the stomach right they cannot breathe and if you tell them you're sorry perfectly they still cannot breathe it doesn't change that Right. So we have to understand and be able to tolerate that um, kind of thing. So one of the things that you, you know, I sometimes will assign my clients is, um, you know, it's called the one minute drill. If you ever want to practice this. Actually, I do have some of my clients that will practice it. and you, there are different ways to practice. I'm just going to read you the instructions, and then you can decide if it's something that you would like to use. But um, it, it's the one-minute drill is decide who will be the talker and who will be the listener first. When you're done, you'll reward, reverse roles. The talker will be the listener, and vice versa. Talker instructions. You can express your feelings about any topic for approximately 30 seconds. When you're done, your spouse will summarize what you said and how you were feeling inside. Rate the accuracy of his or her summary between 0%, not at all accurate, and 100%, perfect. If your partner's rating is 95% or better, you can reverse roles, right? You'll be the talker and your partner will be the listener. If your partner's rating is less than 95%, tell your partner about the part he or she missed or got wrong, and now your partner will summarize that part and you'll give him or her a new, him or her a new rating. Continue this, continue this process until the overall rating is 95% or better. Listening instructions. Say nothing while your partner talks, but listen as carefully as possible. Concentrate on what your partner says. Take notes if you want, jotting down the main points. Sit quietly and respectfully using good body language. Avoid frowning, raising your eyebrows, shaking your head in a judgmental manner, or folding your arms across your chest defiantly. (laughs) Okay. when your spouse is done summarize what he or she has said as accurately possible you confer to your notes your job is not to agree or disagree with anything <coughs> your spouse said instead imagine that you're a court reporter and your goal is to get it right paraphrase what your spouse said and how your, your spouse is likely to be feeling inside given what he or she just said for example your spouse might be feeling angry frustrated, lonely or unappreciated if your spouse gives you a rating below 95% ask him or her to explain the part that you got wrong now summarize that information and ask for a new rating Continue this process until your overall rating is 95% or better. The tone of your summary will be as important as the content. Try to be respectful even if your spouse was angry or critical. Of you. If your summary sounds sarcastic or belittling, your spouse will get upset. So this is not the type of exercise to do when you are angry. <laughs> right it's it's fun I very often with couples that I know we're not going to start with content that they have between each other i'm um, maybe not in this audience, but I, I will tell them that they the um, if you know if, if they watch t v together so um i I pick a sitcom uh you know ohyamascara but there's a modern fa- the modern family um um you know that you know you know that. I do. I watched it with you. Come on. But I'm saying that no, the um, modern is that what it's called? I tell you. You know, it's just the, the husbands a doofus, like in all sitcoms. But but Everybody I just see you know loves what? Everybody loves Raymond. That's a good one too, <laughs> right? But I'm saying. But what I mean is. Is, is is you know sometimes it's is it, you pick a a, a, a a show or something where there's you know, it, you know on a light-hearted way family conflict and you pause it and you freeze it and then you can do this exercise where one of you says okay if you were the spouse here now and then, then it's you're not doing it on content that actually is actually affecting the two of you and it can be a fun exercise where you're actually working together just on building those skills of listening and you're actually coaching each other and I find that sometimes couples find it easier to start when the content isn't about them and this you can do with real content, it's just listening in general. I think that we struggle with really listening, right? So just the ability to do this, if you started an exercise like this where your spouse is, you know, struggling with a coworker, and they came home and they just were telling you and so then use it for this. Use the exercise as a, you know, the one minute exercise where you, 30 seconds and you are trying to reflect back to them as accurately as possible what they said to you and what they might be feeling. It's a wonderful skill to practice. You can do it with your kids, right? But it's a nice exercise to do. So we only talked tonight about one component, really, of marriage. We talked about dealing with your spouse being upset with you, What gets in the way, insecurity and defensiveness, and possibly a framework that could help you more move towards overcoming it in terms of using the five secrets of effective communication. So the disarming technique, thought and feeling empathy, right? respect, the assertiveness, inquiry. And if you start doing that, you will notice that it will lessen the intensity of many, many, if not all of those moments that sometimes get stuck and you can argue all night and go back and forth and you feel like if you're just going to be able to make that last point and get it in, you'll finally tip the scales. And what you'll realize is, is that when you overcome the desire to do that and genuinely show concern and understanding for what might be bothering your spouse, not always, but for the typical kind of conflicts that very often can occur between a husband and wife, they will dissipate and go away, and it will add much more shalom to your lives, and I hope that some of this can be helpful, and I can take questions if people like that, and if people have somewhere to go, they can also leave, but I'm happy to stay for questions. Yes? So, like, it sounds like you're kind you of, like, near what they're saying. You kind of That's, you know, yes. go
2: back and, you know, so this way they feel understood, but... The persons who upset, who, who's upset, don't they then want like the next step? So, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> you know, like it's one thing to be understood, but is that all the person <coughs> looking for? That's upset just to be understood, or are they looking for a beginning of a res- resolution? Of
0: well, steps? but that's a, a wonderful question. That is a thoughtful, caring question to say to your spouse, when you say, I can tell you, I can understand you feel this way and, and I'm so sorry it happened, is there anything more you're wanting around this or is it, you know, what I'd say to you is that sometimes an issue is purely just understanding and then there's sometimes it's no, I don't want this to happen anymore, can we please talk about it? So the answer would be sure. But usually by listening and really hearing and showing respect, what you've done is created an environment where it's not going to be an unproductive conversation, but absolutely, but that's a very important question. Yes. Any other questions? Yes? Is the goal to be
2: separated, like, you know, um, emotionally separated enough to where you could fully receive the other person and like hear them out and be independent, so to speak, of their emotions? Or is it or is it to, to kind of lean on each other and they're angry and you're allowed to have your feelings too and you express your feelings and hear, hear their feelings and express your feelings and kind of like rely on each other to help support each other? Or is able to kind of be independent, you know, fully, you know, self-sustaining, so to speak, in the moment of the argument. Allow your spouse to fully release
0: themselves. You know, I'm well, not sure. Yeah, yes. I don't know if I'm arguing. Both. Well, maybe. <coughs> I don't think I fully captured what you were asking. It sounds like it could be important. Uh, yeah. You and want
2: I'm sure I'm to try to say it again? Yeah. Sure. Okay. I mean, I know sometimes you know it helps to try to be like independent. Of environment around you, whether it's chaos or whatever, and to not be reactive to it, to kind of just be independent of it. And so in this case, if it's a spouse who's had rightful reason or not rightful reason to be angry or attack or something like that, should the should the person themselves be independent of that kind of interaction and just, you know, hear it kind of from an objective point of view and try to just process the situation? Or to like receive the emotion and also had their own emotions and reactions, but just articulated.
0: Wow, I mean, if you were, I mean, I, here's what I think, I think that's what's gonna happen. I think that as a human being, when we're in a conflict with this tension, we're gonna have our own emotions, we're gonna feel, we're gonna, But I mean, so I, I would say the goal, right, is to get to a, look, we're talking about when if your spouse is upset with you, sometimes there's a conflict, you're upset with your spouse, it goes back both ways, Uh, But in, in that case, your goal is to get to a place where you can ground yourself and actually recognize that you're wanting to. In other words, I'm going to make an assumption that every husband and wife in this room aspires to respond to their husband and wife in a deeply caring, concerned way when their spouse is upset. Not a single one of us is saying, we're planning on it. The next time my spouse gets upset, I'm going to get much better at defending myself. That's not what we aspire. right? It might feel like it. But what I'd say so that the goal is, it would, is to get better at it. and hopefully you will all, we'll all have very few opportunities but it's just not realistic because if you live with somebody then your feelings get hurt. We're tired, we're cranky. You know, some of us you know, are insensitive, some of us like myself sometimes say things without thinking a lot like even when I'm publicly speaking, right? So it's gonna happen, right? So then the goal is to get as much practice to recognize that responding in a caring way and focusing on what your spouse is feeling is what you want. That's actually not being detached and objective. That's actually doing what you really want because you care for your wife. That's that's what we're expressing. I will will tell you that the more you do it, the better you get And it's really a gift to give to yourself and to your spouse, right? That yogurt story, right, with feeling unimportant, right, could have been a miserable evening because I was insane. And then it didn't go poof. But since it went poof, it was nothing. Other questions? Yeah. You mentioned that something. exercise, the example that you gave. You said yeah. you do it with your children.
2: Is there an age that you think where, like, you can actually help with your children, do something similar to, to communicate mm-hmm. with it? They lose some of maybe that defensiveness and they potentially oh, Wow, that's a and really good question. Uh, can I,
0: can I, can I punt? I Meaning, it's a great, it's a great question. I would want to think about it and actually answer intelligently, and I probably have no ability to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I would have to think about it. That's a great, like, to flesh that out. But you can, you can ask me about that again. Like, okay. yeah, I would like to think about it. So, yes.
2: So after you go through the steps of the empathy and understanding and getting their thoughts and feelings, and then what um, uh, she said about, so what's, the, what is the next step towards resolution? How do you that, is that where to go? So, like, what would you say about
0: that? Well, it wouldn't. It depend on what the issue is. Okay,
2: sure.
0: Right? M- you know, it's. I imagine I don't know you, but that you probably effectively solve challenges and problems in your life all the time. Okay, I'm sorry. That was an assumption you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. But, but which means then, then, then that's that once once you reach it, it, when you can develop a, when, when you realize you're not at risk, that this isn't about your spouse telling you that she thinks she married a, a bad guy who's a bad person because she is not interested in proving that she married not a good guy. She's just interested in having you hear her and understand. And once you establish that and you feel it and she knows that you care, you'd be surprised how much easier it is to kind of brainstorm and talk about things that can be done because you're working together. But until that point, it sure doesn't feel like you're working together. Okay,
2: But it is a good step to take
0: I think resolution yes. I think ju- I think that if you just listen and, and, and I think we grow. I think marriage is the you know, there's a separate conversation, separate talk, but that that there's no greater relationship that forces us to grow as human <coughs> beings than marriage. In any other relationship, we can back away from the relationship when it gets to a point where it's making us uncomfortable, where we don't want to deal with it. But marriage we shouldn't, we can't and that in terms of our own growth as human beings, there is no greater relationship that gives us an opportunity to grow as people. Yes. You're
2: saying we wanna get to a point where when we're having those conversations and like the spouse approaches you and is kind of coming at you with something that they're bothered by, um, then you wanna get to a point where you can really listen and respond appropriately and you know, whatever. Um, and you were saying like one of those methods might be something like I feel overwhelmed by what you're saying to me, like can you give me a minute? I feel like that's, like I don't know, maybe not, but I feel like that's like a little bit of like copping out of the situation and just, and then it's easy to walk away and then not necessarily then you're not really listening. I don't know. Like, okay, one second. <laughs> I'm
0: really feeling overwhelmed. I need a minute. I, if you get in your car and you leave the state, that's not so, <laughs> so <interesting. laughs> Okay, Right, I, that's a cop-out. I would agree yeah. with you. Right, let's understand. You know, there's not a cop-out when you're being honest, right? So, right. you know, I don't, you know it's, like, it's like one of those things where, uh, you know, the, 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 co- the comment, the phrase, maybe this is a little, you know, never go to, you know, they tell you rules in marriage, never go to bed angry. I think that's baloney. I, I mean I think like I think sometimes you're really better off on that age than trying to talk about it when you're both tired you've got no energy whatsoever and there's absolutely no chance it will be a productive conversation so believe I me mean, and my wife taught me that I mean that's another thing I mean she once said to me in the most respectful Aaron I know how badly you want to talk to this please I beg you I, I'm telling you. I have no capacity to handle this in a productive manner. If we have this conversation now, I am telling you it will not go well. It wasn't a threat, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, right, no, it wasn't. and I was frustrated, but she was right. Meaning, in other words, it wasn't gonna go well, and so it's not a cop-out. It, if it, It's a cop-out if you say, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I, I, I need a break, and that's your way of shutting it down. No, no, I can tell yourself, I wanna listen, I just, please, I'm feeling overwhelmed, can you? Can we just stop for a minute, and let me get my bearings, I'm right here. You don't go anywhere. It's just a matter of sometimes when a person's upset, they come and they're upset and they're not aware of how intense they might be coming on. And it's normal, you're going to feel something down. Each of us have different styles of conflict, each of us have different ways we deal with conflict that probably came from a family of origin, whatever it might be, but we, some of us can handle it better, and some of us can't. And, but... If if there's a track record that your spouse knows that when you say that it's not a cap-out, it's really you getting your bearings and reminding yourself, wait a minute, you're important. Okay, thank you, and then you come back and you say, thank you so much for understanding. I know you were frustrated. Okay, tell me what you were saying. Then then it'll be successful. Okay, somebody else had their hand up. Okay. Yes?
1: Is Is it too simple to just say, it won't happen again? Right? Is that, is, that, is that oversimplification of the situation?
0: No, it depends. There are times when that might be the absolute best response. And, real-
1: and how about just, res- let's say, reverting back to our concepts? Like in Paragelma, there's three types of people, easy to anger, easy to appease, slow to anger, easy to appease, and the the three types of people, and then really it's each individual really has to work on themselves, it's not working on the other person. And so each of us needs to be more like a, a still pond of one where we can see
0: our reflection. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a quote that, I, that, that, that the premise, one of the premises of this kind of approach, the cognitive interpersonal therapy, is that we have, you know, we have far more power than we think to transfer to a difficult relationship, right? If we are willing to stop blaming the other person and, and focus instead on changing ourselves. And that if we can focus on that, that you'd be surprised you have much more influence and ability there than you think. Um, I, I tell spouses all the time when it you know, comes to this being angry I, I primarily tell this to women that, that you have far, far greater ability to manipulate your, manipulate your husbands than you think all they want to do is succeed and so if instead of proving to them that they're bad, just invite them to succeed and they'll really want to okay that, that's just opening up a can of words okay it, um, I, I guess in people I, don't, I always feel that once it gets a certain point the night. I mean, I, that's maybe my stuff. It's like I hate feeling trapped in a room. Nobody's trapped. If people want to h- ask me questions, I, I I don't mind answering them, but people don't have to sit here either. Yeah. Okay, can
1: we approach you?
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> anybody, this is tomorrow, but we can
1: meet after. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Yes. Thank you.